Would you please stand with me for the reading of the word? We're going to look in the book that is called the Apocalypse, the Revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book in your Bible. We're going to look at Revelation chapter 7. We're going to read 9 through 17 in our reading today. After these things I looked and behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the nations stood, all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones who came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. With God's help, today I want to talk about heaven. Heaven. Shall we pray? Father, thank you so much for this amazing audience here today, Lord, and this beautiful reading that we have read. There were many passages we could have read concerning heaven. Help me to say the words that need to be said. Help me to speak what you want to be said, Lord, and give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. And I give you praise for this today in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. A Sunday school teacher was drilling her first grade, her fifth grade class on the gospel, reminding them that it's not our good works that get us into heaven. She asked them, she said, if I sell my house... And if I sell all my earthly possessions and I give that money to the church, will that get me into heaven? And she had taught them well. The class answered with a resounding, no. She said, if I'm kind to animals and I always clean my house and I mow my yard and I help my neighbor, will that get me into heaven? And again, the class in unison yelled out, no. She asked, how then? Do I get to heaven? A young man in the back of the class who was kind of new to this Sunday school thing, he yelled out, you have to die. Good insight, right? Out of the mouths of babes. A woman died after a long illness and found herself at the pearly gates. She peered inside and saw people she knew from her life on earth enjoying themselves, laughing and looking happy. St. Peter walked up, and she asked him, Is this heaven? Can I get in those gates? St. Peter replied, Yes, this is heaven. All you have to do is spell one word for me, and you'll be free to enter. What word, she asked. Please tell me. He said, Spell love. 
Well, she was relieved. She spelled it correctly, and St. Peter opened the gates for her. After she had been in heaven for a while, the woman became quite comfortable and happy, but she still missed her beloved husband whom she had left behind. As an extra way of being of service, she asked to become a helper of St. Peter's along with others who would greet newcomers and usher them through those pearly gates. Imagine her surprise when one day her husband appeared at the gates. Darling, she said, I thought you'd never get here. I've missed you so much. Tell me, what have you been doing all this time? Certainly life was hard without me. Her husband replied, it's so good to see you. And yes, it was difficult, but I've been quite busy. I was so upset when you passed. But I got to admit, I was quite attracted to that cute young nurse who helped you through your last days. We ended up getting married a few months after your passing. And wouldn't you know it, I won the lottery on top of that. I got so much money. I could retire from my job. She retired. We bought a large mansion, a new car, and and we just traveled the world and had a great life. We were actually vacationing in the Greek Isles, and I was water skiing and fell off and hit my head, and so here I am. Here I am. Is this heaven? And she looked at him, and she said, yes, as a matter of fact, it is. Imagine that. It is heaven. Uh, Yeah, this is it. And uh, he said, well, how do I get inside? She said, it's really easy. All you got to do is spell one word. He said, what's the word? She said, Czechoslovakia. (laughs) We have so many ideas about heaven woven into our culture. Some are biblical, some not so much. Pearly gates. St. Peter, clouds, streets of gold, walls of jasper. One time when Lizzie was little bitty, she was with my mother, and my mother was singing to her the I Ate a Peanut song. Does anybody know the I Ate a Peanut song? Ate a peanut, ate a peanut, ate a peanut just now. Okay, and so the, the bottom line is this. The peanut was rotten, and I got sick. And I went to the doctor, but I died anyway, died anyway, went to heaven, went to heaven, went to heaven just now. I just now went to heaven, went to heaven just now. And Lizzie then added another verse, and she said, saw Jesus floating by on a cloud with his girlfriend. Saw Jesus floating by on a cloud with his girlfriend. My mom looked at her, what? Where did that come from? (laughs) Jesus don't have a girlfriend. What? 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 It just, you know, there's, we have this, this. Eat this mythological view sometimes of heaven woven into our culture. But I want to drive home today a point, and it's, it's simply this. Heaven is real. And one of these days, if we're ready, either at the rapture of the church or when we die, we're going there, and we're going to spend eternity in a place where there's no more sickness There's no more doctors. There's no more surgeons. There's no more dentists. There's no more funeral homes. There's no more struggle and trouble and pain and cancer and heart attack and diabetes and worries. And it's it's none of that is gonna be there. We will forever be with the Lord. It is a real place. It's a real place. And 
I might add, it is really home. It is a place we have longed for and searched for all of our lives. Intuitively, we know there's something out there that's waiting for me. So when we get there, it will be a homecoming. Everybody say homecoming. We say things like there's no place like home. We love going to the old home place. We'll drive by places we called home and reminisce about good times. High schools and colleges have homecomings where alumni get back together and marvel at just how old we've become. And the current student body elects a king and queen in a royal court. There's another kind of homecoming that I remember being from the deep-fried, dirty South. And that is the church homecoming. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but my grandfather, Clyde Hill, was the pastor of the First United Pentecostal Church of Waldo, Arkansas. That's a real place, folks. That's right outside of Magnolia, not too far from Lambertine, Waldo, Arkansas. Not only was he a pastor in that town, he was the mayor of that town. Now, I thought maybe in my father's, my grandfather's footsteps, I should run for the parish president, right? Seems to be an opening in Ascension right now. I, I don't know. We'll see. But Papa was the mayor of Waldo, and he was the pastor of the First United Pentecostal Church there for over 30 years, built it with his own hands. And, and, and uh, in the summer, we were always packing up and going up to Waldo to their annual homecoming and dinner on the ground. And today we've got some food. I want you to go out there. This is donation only, but it's to get our kids to an awesome event that we have chartered a bus. It's expensive, and they're trying to raise money for it, so give all you can, right? Help them out on that. But we know Randy Norwood is cooking this food. We know it's good. It's, it's going to be awesome. But at Momo and Papa's homecoming, it was potluck, and only Momo knew the good dishes and the bad dishes so prior to going out and just going through the buffet Momo Mario would say now listen don't you eat sister black's food because sister black God rest her soul she done gone all right so you don't have to worry about it but sister black you know you just never knew what was in her recipe and Momo would say don't don't eat her food now don't you don't you stay away from that you might get sick right and so she would warn us as to what to eat and what not to eat and we always had a great time familiar faces friends and family and great times i like to drive by 701 traffic street in bozier city louisiana because that is the location of my home church the place that i grew up going to church and 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 701 traffic street well I'll drive by it. Sometimes I even drive up into it because now it's the parking garage for the Bozier Boardwalk between Horseshoe Casino and Bass Pro Shop. And I'll drive up in there, and I'll remember, man, we used to have some great services somewhere right, right in here, I think, <laughs> is where we used to have service. And, and I love going and visiting uh, the people that, that comprised, that made up that church. It's a homecoming. I love that. But in our reading today, we see a homecoming on a much grander scale. 
people from different parts of the world, different nations, different languages, different ethnicities, and even different centuries, periods of time. And yet they're all in the same place and to every single one of them, it's home. They have arrived. They, they had never been there before. They had only heard of it, but again, intuitively, they longed for it. They looked for it all of their lives. And when they got there, they knew it was home. And the name of that home is heaven. Now, we're going to talk about it, but heaven is a huge subject. I mean, it's mentioned over 500 times in the Bible. So today I'm going to give you some highlights about heaven. But first, I need to clarify which heaven to which I am referring. There are three mentioned in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 12, 2 talks about this. The first heaven is the atmosphere. The second heaven is space. And the third one, well, that's the heaven that we're going to talk about. It's always described as being up. It's up there. That's what the Hebrew and Greek words mean, heights and above. So it's up. But, you know, we've sent rocket ships up there. We've sent space capsules up there. So it's not just about being up. It's, it's other dimensional. I don't know how else to say it. I know that sounds weird. It's on another plane of reality and existence. But it's still absolutely real. That's the heaven that I'm talking about it. And I want to give you some ways that it's described. And that's where we're going to focus. Heaven, is this okay? Are you with me? Isn't this exciting? All right. Heaven is described, first of all, as a country. A country. Hebrews eleven sixteen, Philippians 3, 20, some other places. It speaks of a place, a country, a place that has citizens, a place where people belong. We on earth here and now are just traveling abroad, so to speak. We've never stepped foot on the soil of this country of heaven. And it's our country of origin because God, through his providence, anchored us to heaven through a birth. Not our natural birth, but through the second birth. Not the birth that says Donovan Hill was born in the United States of America in Shreveport, Louisiana, in Shumpert Hospital. But my second birth, we've all been born once, but we can be born again. And the wording, the terminology actually is to be born from above or born of heaven, born of water and the spirit. When we turn to Jesus and we are twice baptized in water and the Spirit, we get a new birth certificate and it tells us we're just travelers. We're just strangers. We're just sojourners. We're just pilgrims. We're just aliens in this old world below. I've got, I've got a passport right here. I've got a passport and I, I've been privileged to travel many places on this planet, and this passport communicates some things. When I get off that airplane and I'm going through customs or I travel across that border and I'm going through customs or immigration, they look at this passport and it lets them know Donovan Hill 
is a citizen of the United States of America. That's what this passport says. But I got another passport right here called the Word of God. It's a Bible, and it communicates that I have a citizenship, as Philippians says, in heaven. I am a citizen of heaven, and this world is not my home. We used to sing that old song, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. You remember that? My treasures are laid up. Where? The angels beckon me from heaven. Heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. That's what my passport from heaven tells me. I'm just a pilgrim. I'm just traveling. I'm just passing through this old world below. And here's the cool thing. I have brothers and sisters in Africa and Asia, the Middle East. I have brothers and sisters going back to the days of Adam and Eve and Seth and Enoch and Moses and Elijah and Zechariah in the 12th century, the 5th century, the 19th century. And one of these days, we're all going to get in the same place and it's going to be a homecoming like nobody else's and we will worship the Lamb. Give him some praise right now. Can you do it? Hallelujah. Paul says in Galatians 3, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put him on. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. It's awesome. Now, I've heard about heaven, but I've never been there. But I can tell you this, I have tasted some of the fruit of that place, peace and joy and love and hope and grace and the presence of God. Uh, Hebrews 6, it tells us, I, I've tasted the powers of the world to come and I've come to understand from those experiences truly this world is not my home. My answer is not in politics. My answer is not in power. My answer is not in more stuff and a fatter checkbook. My answer is in heaven. That's where my Jesus is. And one day he's coming back for me. And everything will change. So heaven's described as a country. Heaven is also described as a kingdom. A kingdom throughout the New Testament, especially in the Gospels. This speaks of a king and his realm or his domain. Our king is Jesus, and he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords who has all power and authority in heaven and earth. And he has conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he is making all things new. And I have come to realize my Jesus, he's not who I always thought he was. Sometimes I saw him as mean and sometimes I saw him as, as just wanting to come down on me with a hammer because of my issues that I had. And, and I've come to realize my Jesus is a seeker and a saver and a healer 
and a forgiver. I don't have to be perfect. He loves me just like I am, and he loves me too much to leave me just like I am. He wants to meet me. He wants to greet me. He wants to embrace me. He wants to pull me in, and he wants to demonstrate his power in my life. He loves us. He's a king that loves us. He's not out to hurt us. He's out to save us. He's on our side. He's fighting for us. He's come to rescue us. And again, this kingdom is one that we don't earn. We don't buy our way into it. Jesus said, except a man is born again of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom. We're born into it. So we turn from whatever we've trusted in, turn to Jesus, twice baptized, water and spirit, born into the kingdom, belonging there. Paul said in Romans 14, 7, the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Again, while we belong to the kingdom and we've gotten a taste of it, we're still not home yet. But one of these days, my king is going to burst through the eastern sky and and there's going to be a trumpet sound and everything's going to change. So heaven is a country. Heaven is a kingdom. Heaven is also described as a city. Hebrews 11, 16, 12, 22, 13, 14, Revelation 21, 12. The new Jerusalem in Revelation 21 is described as being, listen to this, 1,500 miles cubed. Cubed. That's 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long, and 1,500 miles high. That's as big as half the United States and extends 1,500 miles straight up into the air as well. Everybody say, that's weird. I don't understand it. It's weird. But listen to this. That's 7,920,000 feet high. So the city goes up beyond the troposphere, the stratosphere. Wallace, this is, this is for Wallace. Where, I lost Wallace. So the, the trop, the, the, he's a scientist. The stratosphere, the mesosphere, the thermosphere, and into the exosphere. It, it's, if a building had, let's just say, 10 feet per story for ease, then a building that's 1,500 miles high would be 792,000 stories high. I mean, that's bigger than that Dubai building y'all were at. That's bigger than one World Trade Center. That, that I mean, 792,000 stories. Talk about a penthouse, right? I'm on the top. I'm on the top. 792,000 stories. That's where Miss Cynthia is going to be at that, in the New Jerusalem, right? That top story. It's massive. Let me give you some perspective. And I, again, this is weird. I don't understand it, but I've got a picture. Here's some perspective of what the New Jerusalem would look like sitting on top of the United States. Can you see that? Yeah. There's going to be a new heaven, new earth, all kind of things, interesting things. But that's pretty massive. Here's what heaven as a city communicates to me. It speaks of community. It speaks of millions and millions and millions of people. And I mean, if it's 1,500 miles high, we might as well be able to fly, right? I mean, that's like flying people. Millions and millions of flying people. 
I mean, Jesus walked through walls, did all kinds of stuff. I'm just saying. Angels fly. Uh, listen, it says that we're, for a little while we've been made lower than the angels. But that's just a little while. We're going to fly, right? Fly. Everybody flap your wings. We're going to fly. So, so millions and millions of people living in community, serving the Lamb at the center of it all. When it's all said and done and all is made new, Revelation 21.3 tells us there's, there's no need for the sun or the moon. We, we center our lives around the, the going up of the sun, the going down of the sun. We, we organize our days, our hours, our time by the sun and by the moon. It says there's no need for the sun or the moon, for the Lamb of God will be the light. We will center our lives around the Lamb of the living God. I can still hear Brother Willie T. Scott, who was from Haynesville, Louisiana, singing this old song. In that city... Where the Lamb is the light, in that city where there cometh no night, I have a mansion over there, and it's free from toil, toil and care. In that city where the Lamb is the light. We're going there, folks. It's a real place. So heaven is described as a country and a kingdom and a city. But this next one is my favorite. Heaven is described as the Father's house. John 14, 1 through 3, Jesus looks at his faithful disciples. He spent three years with them. It's been great. They've seen amazing things. But he understands, I'm about to leave. And he's told them, I'm leaving. I'm going away. And where I go, you can't come. And they're troubled, they're distressed. And he looks at them and he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. He tells him, he says, if I was just blowing smoke, if it was just pie in the sky, I would have told you. But I'm telling you, it's real. That's what he's saying. Jesus is saying it. It's real. In my Father's house, there is a place for you. That speaks of the cry of every one of our hearts. Wanting personal, intimate, life-affirming relationship with our Heavenly Father. Romans 8.15 says, We receive the Spirit, capital S, of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. That literally is Daddy, Daddy. Our God is our Father, our Daddy, and we are His children. And He's called us into relationship with Himself to comfort us and give us peace. And one day, He's going to finish the job and say, Come on up. Everything is prepared. Everything is just right. And I'm bringing you home. It is a homecoming. Can you give Him praise? It's a beautiful homecoming. A place of safety and security. Forever and ever. And I want to encourage you, if you've lost your perspective on heaven, get it back. Live 
not for here and now, but live for eternity. Live for what is coming. Live your life in such a way, always expecting, always desiring that intuitiveness in your spirit. Acknowledge it. I am made for something more. I am made for another place. I am made for another home. This world and this stuff, it has not got a hold of me. It will not get a hold of me because the love of God has gotten a hold of me. And I was made for my father's house. I want to encourage you. Get your perspective back. Live for the end game. Live for the reward. There's a payday coming, brothers and sisters. And it is bought and paid for with the blood of the Lamb. These are they who have come out of tribulation, yes. But they have washed their coats and made them white in the blood of the lamb another passage in revelation said they overcame by the word of their testimony and the blood of the lamb there is a payday coming we didn't earn it it was earned for us the price was paid by another the king of kings and the lord of lords the lamb of god john looked and said who's worthy to open the book and everybody wept because no one was worthy but in came the lamb slain from the foundation of the world worthy to open the books he has prepared a way to get you into the father's house hallelujah stand with me right now in my father's house are many mansions so we understand that heaven is a country it is a kingdom it is a city and it is our father's house if you've never turned to him in the first place I want to invite you today look to Jesus he's got a place prepared just for you Maybe you've lost your perspective, like I said. Maybe you forgot. Maybe you forgot what he has prepared. Maybe you forgot why you started serving him in the first place and you ran away. I want to remind you. The Holy Spirit wants to remind you. There's another day coming. Time is going to cease. All this will fade away. But I'm telling you, you can be with him forever. In a place where there is no night, there's no sickness, there's no pain, there's no darkness, there's no trouble, there's no funerals, there's no sickness, no dentist. I said that. There's no dentist. Thank God there's no dentist. I love dentists, but thank God there ain't no dentist. No toothaches. What's going to happen with the laws of physics? Entropy. I have no idea. Don't have to. God made it all in the first place. He can alter it, change it. Bypass it, whatever. But we're going to live in a, in a day. Listen, a day that has no curse. No remnant, no trace of the curse that came from the fall of mankind. No devil, no demons, no divorce, no brokenness, no pain. He'll wipe every tear from our eyes and we'll never cry again. It'll all be done. It'll all be done. We'll be rejoicing forever and ever. You can live for that day. God wants to remind you. 
There's another reason. There's another day. Here's what I want us to do. If you've never turned to Him, maybe you walked away and it's been a while. Maybe you knew somebody or you know somebody like that. They've walked away and maybe they've never turned to Jesus in the first place. I'm going to open up this altar today. If you need prayer, I want you to come. We want to pray with you. Maybe that's you that I'm talking about. But if you know somebody, our ushers are going to bring a couple of baskets up here. And in these baskets, you're going to hear a lot about yellow ribbons over the next few weeks. Yellow ribbons. What happens when soldiers come home? There's yellow ribbons waiting on them, right? How many of you remember Tony Orlando and Dawn? Casey Kasem. American Top 40. Tie a yellow ribbon. It's about coming home. I want you to get one of these yellow ribbons. I want you to use it as a bookmark. I want it to remind you. We're going to be praying over people for the next few weeks that don't know Jesus or who have walked away from Jesus. We're going to pray pray that God will bring them home. Because listen, I don't want to go to heaven by myself. I want to bring somebody else with me. Betty, I want to bring a, a crew with me. I, I want not, not so I can brag, but so they can get in on, on the feast and get on on the festivities and get in on the love and the joy and the peace, man. I want, I want to get as many people as I can. Because I'm going to tell you, there's an alternative place none of us want to go. None of us need to go there. And, and I want to tell everybody and warn them, don't go there because there's such a better place for you to go. This place called heaven, it is our home.